You know, I love the song, and it's interesting that it was played this morning, but that, that song, Kids, uh, Kids of Grace, We Are Kids of Grace, I love that song because of what it represents. And it's funny because I was having a conversation with the Lord this week about that very thing, about the difference between what it was like to be a believer prior to Christ versus now. And, and the real differences, it wasn't, it wasn't the joy, it wasn't the, the fruits of the Spirit, it wasn't the love, joy, peace, because you could have that in the Old Testament, you can have that prior to Jesus Christ, but grace brought something very significant to the bride. It brought the bride. Right? Grace brought relationship brought the possibility of relationship with the Father that was not there before. Understand that, that when Jesus came and died on the cross and rose from the grave, where did he go? He went to the right hand of the Father. He went to this temporary place because it's not his permanent place. His permanent place will be his throne. But he went to the right hand of the Father to do what? To be our advocate. To be that voice into the Father's ear saying, I love them. I cover them in my love. See, it op- it, this opportunity arose in relationship with Jesus, or through Jesus Christ with the Father. And so I love that song because we are kids of grace. We are this product, when we accept Jesus Christ into our heart, we are this product of His grace, of His lavish love. And it does not diminish what the Old Testament was. In fact, it enhances it, because Jesus says that in the Old Testament, the law is what brought on the need for that grace. If it weren't for the law, we wouldn't have grace. I apologize, this isn't my message this morning, but such as things are. So we are on the last day of 2017. And I loved what Hannah said because I, I have not felt, I don't know if some have, I have not felt that this has been a, a tough year in terms of not accomplishing things. It's been an incredible year. I want you to look around at the faces that you see that Jesus Christ moved in their lives and built relationship within them. Just look around. Look around, and when you absorb that, there's no way that you can say that 2017 was not a banner year, an unbelievable year. Because it's been. And what it really has done is set a new stepping point going into 2018. I love the fact that that 8 is the number of new beginnings. Am I stepping on something here? 8 is the number of new beginnings. We're stepping into a year. Now recognize that the Bible recognizes the Hebrew calendar. Okay, So really, we have been in that now for a little bit. We're in 5778 
on the Hebrew calendar. But moving into 2018, that, that new beginnings, I don't know about you, but, but when you come into a new year, you always think of these things, well, I'm going to do this new, I'm going to do that new. That's where the idea of New Year's resolutions came, right? I am going to lose weight this year. I am going to work out every day this year. Right. Are you clapping for me to say that? Thank you. Ushers, please throw her out. Okay. You ushers need to be quick on this. But we make all these resolutions, and, and you know what? Some of them last, some of them don't. But it's the idea of beginning something new. We as a church are heading into a new phase. I want to read a verse to you. It's in Isaiah 43. And I've, I've quoted Isaiah 43 many times for a different part of it. But I, Isaiah 43 verse 19 says this. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I want you to take this verse to heart because it applies to us. It applies in this very moment. Right? Behold, I am doing a new thing. This is what he has said to us. That he is doing something new. He is doing in us something new. Not, not, just, not just externally. Please don't limit to what he is doing in external things. Because we, we know we're moving into a new phase. We know we're moving, going to be moving into a building. We know we're going to be moving into the capability of growth. We don't even have to open up our balcony here. Even though my mom was sequestered to it this morning. <laughs> By the way, she's doing great after her surgery. We're so thankful. But... Don't assume that doing new things is just an external thing. If you do, it's going to limit yourself, even in your own life, that he wants to do these new things in your life. It's not just that he wants to give you a new job, or that he wants to give you a smoother sailing in this area or that area or whatever. He wants to give you a new depth of understanding who he is. Do you know that's where everything begins, is understanding who he is. And I know we've talked about this a thousand times. We've talked about relationship in Jesus Christ, and that that is the beginning of everything. But it doesn't just start that way. It continues that way. I, I can tell you from my own life, over the last probably five or six years in really, really seeking him in relationship. I can tell you from my own standpoint, you do not find a bottom to that. You do not find an end to that relationship where you've hit that point where it doesn't go any deeper. In fact, it blows me away. The truth of his word blossoms even when you think it's already been fulfilled. Seek, and you'll find. Ask, he'll answer. Knock, he'll come. He'll speak with you. 
He wants relationship with us. And even though we come to a point in our relationship where we have this sweetness, he says, okay, it's time to go deeper. Where are you at this morning with your relationship with Jesus Christ? You know, I know it's Sunday morning. I know we have church, all that stuff. But recognize the fact we're in a living room. And no matter where we are in the future, no matter how many people we have in the future, I never want to lose sight of what this is right here, right now. And not because of humble beginnings. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a family conversation. See, that's what this really is. This is a family conversation where we sit down and we share what the Lord has given us. Where we worship Him. Where we connect one-on-one. Not just connect as a group, but we connect one-on-one. This is where our hunger is supposed to be sparked and filled. That idea that we can come as a family And talk about what the Lord has for us. See, I encourage you in this idea of new beginnings to recognize what He's doing in your life. Not just what He's doing in ignition, but what He's doing in your life. Because He wants to take each and every one of us to that place of relationship in Him. That's fully satisfying, full of joy, full of peace, full of all the fruits of the Spirit that we then pour out of us. See, that's kind of the cycle. That's how the cycle is supposed to work. We're supposed to fill up in relationship with Jesus Christ. And please understand, not the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Not about filling up, well, well, I know the Word of God, I know I know a hundred things now that I could talk to people about in the Word of God. And I know them backward and forward. So I'm filled. I have a hundred things. That's not it. You could have one thing and be filled. Because it's not about the knowledge of Christ. It's about the relationship with Him. And, and really the relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ. So I I want to encourage you today that as we're stepping into this new year, you know, he has said, I'm doing a new thing, but don't look at that just corporately. Don't look at that in the fact that we're going to be in a building. Don't look at that with the fact that there's going to be this or that that God has promised us or the callings that he has placed on Ignition's life. Ignition is made up of individuals. The church, the bride, it's made up of individuals. If we get the individual part right, the rest will fall into place. So this morning is not about what ignition does. It's about what you do. It's about your time with the Lord. It's about your relationship with the Lord. And I I really want to take this time to analyze that. What does that mean? What does that mean, stepping into a new place with Him? Stepping into a new area of trust? We've talked about that before, because that can be a scary place to be. 
It could be scary corporately, but personally, it could be scary. Because what's the first thing he's going to require? Anyone? He's going to require you to step out of your comfort zone, you to step out in faith in something that then he could control. That's the one thing I could guarantee you. If you want to grow in Jesus Christ and you want to build that relationship with him, then you are going to be asked to step out into something that you cannot control and that you are I don't know. Nervous is probably a bad word, but, but it's, it's unclear to you. Unclear the pathway. Alex and I were just talking about this last night. How often the Lord does not give us that pathway. Right? I, I remember, I can't even remember which one it is. Um, the, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, I think it might have been the third one, where, where he, it's this huge chasm, and he's got to cross this chasm, and I hope I'm getting the, the movie right. But uh, he can't see anything, and, 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 but he was told of this, of this prophecy or something that, that there's this bridge there that you can't see. And so he, he takes some dust and rocks. Am I getting the wrong movie? Yeah, we'll do. That's okay. Right, but okay, the third movie, right? I, I got the right character. That's all. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm hitting enough if I got the right characters. So he, so he takes some dust and he takes some rocks and he, he throws it where he can't see anything and it reveals a path. Boy, isn't that what we want? We want to get to the other side, and we want a way that we can see the entire way across. But that takes away from the very thing we're asking for. Because when we're asking for for the fruits of the Spirit, we're asking for this love, this peace, this joy. We're asking for the things that come from relationship with Jesus Christ. He said, okay, i got to infuse faith i got to infuse trust. i got to infuse this area of not knowing and your willingness to do what I've told you to do even though you don't see what it is. He has to infuse that to do the very thing that you've asked him to do. And that is to draw closer to him. And so he says in that, he says, here's what I want you to do. I'm giving you the prophecy of the end result but I need your faith in going after it. That's what he's done with us as a church. That's what he's done with many of us personally. He's told us, here's some of the end results that I want to see in your life. Here's some of the end results of what I want to see in Ignition Church. But I'm not going to show you the path. I might show you points of the path. I might reveal things just after you step, or sometimes it's right as you step. Right? Just like when Moses parted the Red Sea, and and the, the Levites went across, the priests went across, and the Red Sea did not part until they stepped into it. See, they had to have faith. I often wonder, what if God would have just waited a little bit longer? You know, I mean, think about it. I think that would have been awesome. If, if they're just marching down, they're just going down, and it's getting higher, and it's getting higher. It's like, okay, Lord. I think that would have been awesome. 
But, but he did what their faith needed. And it parted the moment they stepped. Oftentimes in our own lives, when we know something that he wants us to do, and we step, that's when he turns the light on. So see, see, this is what I mean about trusting me. When you trust me, I will take your foot and I'll place it where it needs to be. That's, that's faith. And, and like you said, Alex and I were talking about that last night. And, and, and as much as we want to see the pathway, it's really tarred detriment if we do. Because there's a faith that has to be built in order for us to reach what he has for us. You know, all we're supposed to do is go after him with everything we have. Go after relationship with everything we have. You know, I think of Carson this morning. He texted me last night. I can't remember when. might have been three or something like that. And he was in just tremendous pain. And see, that's, a, that's not an abnormal thing for him to text late at night like that. But the, the, the tough thing, the abnormal thing, is that, as Brooke said, he does everything he can to be here on a Sunday morning. He does everything he can to be here on a Tuesday night. Why? Because we're, we're really cool. Uh, some of you may think so. <laughs> That's not why. That's not why he sits here in incredible pain to sit through a service. I mean, a benefit of that is certainly fellowship and certainly relationship with us, but that's not why. The reason why is because he loves Jesus Christ, and that's what Jesus told him to do. That as he steps out in faith, he doesn't know where his foot's going to land, but he knows that that's where Jesus placed it. And so wherever it lands, it will land firmly. Because Jesus has a plan for his life. See, Jesus has a plan for your life. And when you step out in faith, he'll take your foot and he'll plant it firmly. But you won't always see. See, can you imagine if, um, what was his name in that movie? Indiana Jones. Okay. okay, clearly I don't see a lot of movies. I'm sorry. I, I know I used to love that movie. But anyways, can you imagine, can you imagine if he wouldn't have thrown the dust and he would have just believed? That's scary. That's scary. You ever, you ever step off a cliff expecting to be held up, but not sure if it's going to happen until you step? And obviously I'm saying a cliff metaphorically, please. I'm not saying go step off a cliff and do Lord and save me. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when the Lord tells you to do something, have you ever just said, I trust you, Lord, and I step? See, that's where we are right now with ignition. And we've been there many times. And the Lord has built in ignition this faith to know that it's on him. See, it's on him where we're going to be from this house. We just know we need to leave. 
He's told us there's a place for us. We have no clue where that is. I really don't care. He's told us that it'll be a place that will fit up to 400 people. Again, I don't care. What I do care about is that this dynamic never changes. That it be about individuals. That it be about family. That it be about your growth and my growth individually with Jesus Christ. He said, I'm doing a new thing. By the way, while we're here, I, I, I want to mention this other thing too because I think it's so relevant. I, I talk about it all the time, but it's, it's in Isaiah 43, verse 26. Father says, put me in remembrance. In other words, remind me. Let us argue together. I love that. Do you know God is not afraid of your, of your arguments? He is not afraid of you saying, Lord, I'm having a problem with this. I can't see the pathway, and you're not letting me throw any dust. <laughs> I'm having a problem with this. He said, remind me. Let us argue together. Let us speak together. Set forth your case that you may be proved right. See what he's saying there. Speak to me about it. You know, part of the things that he wants us to deal with isn't just getting over a fear. Isn't just getting over the fear of stepping in faith. But it's the action of talking to him about it. If you're afraid of, afraid of something, or it's way out of your comfort zone, or whatever it is, have you ever talked to him about it? In that talking to him, have you said, God, you promised you would never leave me, or forsake me. You promise that if I step in your will, you'll do your will. You will be there to hold me. You will be there to lift me up if I fall, just like Jesus did with Peter walking on the water. Do you remind him of these things? See, they're powerful. He says to right here. He says, remind me. So as you step into this new year, as you step into this time of God doing a new thing, if you're doing it without conversation with him, you're making a mistake. Because he said to remind him. I, when I talk to him all the time, I'm reminding him. I'm reminding him of the things that he promised me. I'm reminding him of the relationship that he promised me if I step in obedience. I'm reminding him, <laughs> oftentimes I remind him I'm human. It's like, God, you're God. I'm not. I know this is easy for you. It's not easy for me. Please ask your son, he'll tell you. <laughs> That's why he became human. He became human and went through everything we go through so he understands us. Why do you think he became our advocate? And, and not that the Father does not have the capability of understanding us. Please, please know, I, I know he has the capability of all of that. But he wants to be reminded. 
and it's for the purpose of conversation. It's for the purpose of growing that relationship through Jesus Christ with the Father. So I, I just want to make sure that you have that in your arsenal of prayer, of speaking with, with the Lord, that you can remind him of these things. But when we step into something new, it takes courage. When we step into something new, it takes being willing to not be afraid. Have you ever stepped into something where you're just afraid, but you step anyways? You know, I, I know I use war metaphors a lot, but that's exactly what warfare is. When you step out onto the battlefield, you don't know if you're coming home or not. But yet you step. Does it mean that there's no fear there? No. The fear is controlled. Now, the Bible tells us that fear is a spirit. Oftentimes, that spirit of fear is not something you can make leave. But you can control the fear. How do you control the fear? It doesn't mean you control it and make it leave. It means that you step in obedience regardless of the fear. That no matter if I'm afraid, I know what I'm supposed to do. No matter if I'm afraid, no, no matter if I worry about losing this or losing that, or something happening to me, I step out in obedience regardless of the fear because I know you've got me. See, just like, I'm sorry, what was his name again? Indiana, Indiana Jones. You can tell that I don't plan these things, okay? You can tell I don't plan these things. I'm sorry, Indiana Jones. Just like Indiana Jones, when he stepped up to that cavern, Right? He could have just been afraid, trusted in truth. Obviously, I'm using the metaphor to the Word of God, please. Trusted in that truth and stepped. When you in your own life know that you're supposed to do something, that you know Jesus has told you to do something, it's provable by the Word of God, and it's obedience in your life to do this. When you know to do it, you don't have to see the path. Do you understand that? You don't have to see the pathway of being obedient to the Lord. Now, sometimes he'll show you the pathway, but you don't have to see it to be obedient. You don't have to see it to build the trust in that relationship. And this is what he's done for three and a half years, or a little over three years now, with us here at Ignition. He's built that trust in stepping where we don't see. How about your life? I know many in here. I've seen the growth in your lives. Where you've learned to step. And then it gets to the point where you don't even think about it anymore. You know, how, how about the prayer walk? Going out on the prayer walk, the first time you go on a prayer walk, it's like, yeah, you got to talk to somebody. Okay, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll trust you. And the Lord says, go talk to that person and pray over them. And you're like, ooh, I was really hoping you'd give me a building. <laughs> and not a person. But you step in obedience. And you go up to that person and you say, hey, I know this is going to sound really strange, but, but Holy Spirit asked me to pray for you. Do you mind if I pray over you? 
or pray with you, and they say, no, you know what? I was just thinking I needed somebody to pray for me. And then you're like, it really was you, Lord. Right? That's that first step. But once you've done that step, and you do it again, and you do it again, and you do it again, it becomes easier. It comes to the point where you step up to that person. Hi, Holy Spirit told me to pray for you. Can, can we pray together? And they go, oh, okay. You mean he didn't tell you that? You mean you, you, mean you didn't know that I needed, you know, I'm kidding. But bottom line is it becomes easier. It becomes easier the more obedient we are to the Lord and to his word. And, and by the way, everybody in here. If you are a child of God, everybody in here knows how to be obedient. Doesn't mean everybody chooses that. It's not about, well, I don't know what to do. It's about, you don't know how to control what to do. See, you know what to do. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If you didn't know what to do before, there, you're responsible. I just told you what to do. It's that simple. Seek him in relationship. Seek him in who he is. Learn who he is. Learn how to hear his voice. Learn how to have conversations with him. Learn how to absorb his word and allow the Holy Spirit to make the pages come alive. Did you know that his word is living and breathing? That means you can absorb the life out of his word because it's living. See, you know how to seek relationship with him. But oftentimes we don't look at it that way because it's easier to control. You know, the more, more I look at this the, over the years, the, the more I tend to think that, that a Christian's greatest foe is that desire for control. We literally, and I don't know if it's just like American or if it's all over the world. I kind of think it's all over the world. We have this, this desire to control everything. If we can't control it, then we cannot predict the outcome. Who says we're supposed to predict the outcome? And by the way, how's that working for you? Because when we control it, usually it's not the outcome we want. Right? Usually something happens because Christ is looking at our heart. See, because when you accepted him as Savior, you said, I want you to be my master. I receive you, Jesus, as the Messiah. I receive you as my king. That declaration became really important because that's what he goes off of. He said, wait a second, I know what you're saying to me right now, but you declared to me that I was to be your king. In order for that to happen, it can't be your control, it has to be his control. And control is just such a, such a tough thing. What's it take to give up control? I think about this all the time. What's it take to step in obedience 
and away from control. It takes courage. It takes courage when you can't see the pathway. It takes courage when you, when you know that I need to be there, but you can't see how to get there. It takes courage. It takes courage to take each step. You know, turn to Joshua. Joshua chapter 1. See, Joshua faced this very thing. Joshua, who had a relationship with God. Joshua, who was one of the prophets and a wartime leader of the children of Israel. He was second to Moses. He was under Moses in in wartime. And then when Moses was not allowed to enter the promised land after that whole, you know, debacle and they went 40 years in the in the wilderness. God then announced that Joshua would take over and that he would he would lead Joshua just as he led Moses. He's saying here and imagine the last 40 years. They didn't know where they were going. They were led by a pillar of fire at night and a pillar of cloud during the day. Right? So he's saying, just as I did with Moses, I'm going to lead you. And guess what? You're not going to know anything but the next step. He said, I need you to have something if you're going to do this. And I want you to get this because as you step into 2018, this is something you're going to need in your growth with Jesus Christ, in stepping out into something that you are unfamiliar with. Start at verse 1. Joshua chapter 1. says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, Did I say Joseph? No, I said Joshua. Okay. The Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place. Now, understand what he's saying here. God is beginning to lay out the prophecies of what they will receive. Now, he had done this before. They had a chance before. And because of fear, they turned back. So he's relaying out a new chance, right? He's saying, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. In other words, it was already theirs. Just as I promised to Moses. See, in your, in your own life, he has already given you things that you have not claimed as your own. He has given you relationship. He's given you a voice in your life that you may not have claimed yet. He has a plan for your voice. He has a plan for those around you to receive what you have. He's already given it to you. But maybe you have not received it yet because you have not taken that land. Do you know when you are saved, he gives each one of you gifts? That's what the Bible says. Each one of you gifts. Does it mean that that they manifest right away? Does it mean that we walk in them immediately? 
No. Because we have to step in places that we're unfamiliar with in faith to grow the very gifts that he has given us. Every place, verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, just as I promised to Moses. Verse 4, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all of the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. All this shall be yours. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. What a statement. Think about that. What a statement. Now, he's about 60 years old or so here now. Okay? And he's saying that all the days of your life, if you step in trust and you step in faith with me, nobody, nobody will stand against you. Nobody. What a statement. Do you know that what he says to you in his word, what you can claim in his word, what he has said to you in, in, in things that he's prophesied over your life, those are amazing things to claim. But did Joshua have it right then? No, he hadn't even stepped onto the land yet, even though it was declared his. And no man will stand up to you all the days of your life. as Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. So God set up the whole time all of these things that he wants to do. And then he said, but there's some things I need from you. And just like in your own life, he's telling you what he wants for your life. He's, he's showing you this picture of relationship with him, of joy with him, of doing his will. And he says, I need something from you. You have a part in this. You play a part in this. And it's verse 6. Be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous being careful to do according to the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Don't turn to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law, God's word, will not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. And he ends it with verse 9 saying, Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Don't be frightened. Don't be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever, wherever you go. Why was he saying this ahead of time? Why didn't God wait until he was afraid? And say, hey, hey, be courageous. Because, see, he was setting up Joshua to understand that what he was setting his feet into was not something he could control. <clears throat> the very first thing they do is they cross the Jordan. The, the Lord parts the Jordan. They cross over and they come to Jericho. The Bible says a highly 
fortified city. Okay, these people didn't have battering rams. These people didn't have whatever those things are that throw the rocks. Catapults. Thank you. See, this is truly a family, right? Y'all talk back to me. All right, there needs to be a stop. No, I'm kidding. They didn't have the catapults. They didn't have the battering rams. They didn't have all the things that they would need to capture this highly fortified city. God knew that. God knew, and by by the way, they could see it from across the way. So Jesus is saying, don't be afraid. I will tell you what you need to do. I will tell you each step of the way, but I'm not going to lay it out right now. He didn't lay out what was going to happen. I often wonder what the conversation between Joshua and the Lord would have been if he would have told him the plan right at the beginning. Well, you know, you're going to go across the sea. Don't worry, I'll, I'll spread that apart for you. You know, and you've seen that already, but you're going to get across there. You're going to see these high walls, but you know what? Don't worry about it because you're going to talk around it or you're going to march around it seven times and then shout, it'll come down. Can you, can you imagine, Joshua? Can you imagine what you would say in your own life if you were to hear God's plan for your life and each step for your life? I know for me, if he would have told me, look, Here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to teach you about this, teach you about that, get you into my word. You're going to fall in love with me. And when you fall in love with me, everything's going to fall apart. All of the sudden, you're going to lose your friends. All of a sudden, people are going to think you're crazy. All of a sudden, the pathway that you think you're going to go on will be cut off from you and you can't go down it. I'm not sure what I would have said. I hope and I would like to think I would say, I trust you, Lord. You know, but knowing that, I don't know that I would have closed my business. Lord knew that. Lord knew that was the pivotal point in my life when I gave up the business for whatever he wanted without knowing what that was. But i I got to be honest with you. I still formulated in my mind what I thought it was, right? I had this path in mind that I thought, I know this is what the Lord has, because he wouldn't just leave me hanging. And then all of a sudden, that all dissolves. When you step in obedience, you step in obedience. When you step in obedience, you don't take it back because, oh, that didn't turn out the way I planned. You know, when Joshua went across the the Jordan River and gets across to the other side and, and, okay, Lord, what now? Well, I just need you to, you know, march around it just once today. And then again, and for seven days, and on the seventh day, march seven times. And then shout, and the walls will come down. See, by this point in Joshua's life, he had seen the workings of the Lord so strong that his relationship with him had built to the point where his, what was his response? Okay. Okay. Hey guys, this is what we're going to do. Now, by the way, do you wonder why Joshua didn't tell the people? His same thing. Their faith had to be built. Can you imagine? Each day that they went around Jericho and they're thinking, 
I'm really not sure what this is doing. You know, we're getting exercise, I suppose. But these are big walls. I don't know what it's really doing to these walls. But God said it. And if God said it, then it'll happen. And I trust in that. And then I become, begin fueling the very thing that's required for it to happen in the first place, and that's faith. See, God doesn't work outside of faith. Think about that in your own life. If you wonder why he's not doing things in your own life, could it be because you don't have faith for it? See, the first time the children of Israel went in to take the land, there wasn't faith. Because the spies came back and only two of them said, yeah, we could take it. Lord said we could. Yeah, they're big, whatever. But the rest of them said, no, 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 we can't do that. We'll die. You brought us out of Egypt just to kill us. What, what are you, some sadistic Lord? They had no faith. They had no faith, which was the fuel that would make that happen in the first place. Think of, think of faith like being the gasoline for a car. You can have the most amazing car. It do all the have all the bells and whistles. This amazing car that that is beautiful on the outside and powerful on the inside and does everything. If it has no gas, you're not going anywhere. It's just going to sit there and be this beautiful thing that's going to get dusty, that's going to get old, that's going to sit there and have no accomplishments for its purpose. In your own life, if you do not fuel your life with faith in what Jesus has told you to do, you're not filling that tank with gas. You're not going to go anywhere. That's why he only tells you the next step. And perhaps he doesn't even tell you that. He just says, give me your foot. You know, I don't know where I'm going to step. But he places your foot on firm ground. That's the faith. I remember when we, when we and I've told you this, when we uh, closed the business, you know, we had, a, we had about three months worth of money to live on. And then that went and there was nothing else. And, and I remember the discussions, discussions, Alexa and I had on that one. <laughs> what are we going to do now? I don't know, ask him. He's the one that told us to do this in the first place. But my feeling was so strong that it was not on my shoulders anymore. See, that's on you, God. I remembered Isaiah 43. God, let me remind you, you told me to do this. Let me remind you that you said to take on your yoke because it's light and to give you mine. Well, Lord, I give you my financial yoke. It's all yours. And I trust you with it. That's why I closed the business in obedience in the first place. I trust you. And those were the conversations we had that it's no longer on us. It's on him. It's, it's just blows me away what God does. And, 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 and to this day, he has never let us lack. And, and, and that, that trial 
keeps coming up in a life that that holds it as a con- controlling stronghold. If, if you have a perpetuating thing in your life, for us, it was finances. That was one of the perpetuating things in our lives. That it would always come to a point of trusting him. And, you know, we'd do it, and then we'd pull back, and we'd do it, and we'd pull back. And then we finally, this obedient step that we did in selling the business. Then I became indignant. And and, because she said, can we pray about it? And I said, no, no, we're not going to pray about it. And not that I wouldn't want to pray to the Lord. We can pray to the Lord about plenty of other things. But he promised. He promised, and I'm holding him to his promise. And you know what? He has done it. He has done it in, in just amazing, amazing ways. He wants to do that in your life. See, I don't need to tell you what step of obedience he's asking you to do. You know what that is. If you are a Christian and you're seeking him, you know what it is. Because he places it on your heart. The only thing I can encourage you by saying is, take the step, fill it, fuel it with faith. The more faith you can pour into it, the more power it has to just push it through. And from that point, he's going to build more. He's going to build more. I mean, it's, it's to the point, I remember, <laughs> you know, it's just so funny that the Lord has told us we'll have an interim building, which, which again, we don't know anything about, but, but his promises have not changed. He has given us 1,300 Marrows Road. An $11 million building. It's easy to sit back and think, how, Lord? Okay, but, but in my walk, I'm to the point where, it, man, God, I gave that to you so long ago. I really don't care how. See, you are the God in charge of my finances. I gave them to you, and you do such a better job than I do. Right, But what about in your own life? When you give something to him, leave it with him. Don't take it back. Don't go back and forth. Hold him to it. Bring him to remembrance. Be strong and courageous. Because it's going to cost you those things to move into that area that he wants you to be. It's not going to be easy. You know, that's what Jesus said to his disciples. And, and this bit about... Saying the Christian life is easy. I, I really struggle with that. I really struggle with that because in my thinking, they don't understand the Christian life. Because, now maybe depends what they're saying is easy and what's not easy. Because what is easy is confidence in the Lord. The more you grow in your relationship with the Lord, the easier it is to say, that's on you, God. That's on you and I won't take it back. Which is exactly what he wants. But in terms of the rest being easy? No, it's tough choices. It's tough choices to step out in obedience. It it was a tough choice for Joshua to lead this nation that just 40 years earlier had slapped God in the face. 
and say, I'm going to step into what I know you're doing, what I trust you in. But he had to be strong and courageous. He had to be in his word, in the Lord's word. He said, meditate on it day and night. What does that mean? It doesn't just mean read the word and memorize it. It means in this, in this kids of grace age that we're in, it means get to know in relationship the Savior who came and became your Messiah. Meditate on His Word. Meditate on who He is. Get to know Him. Learn who He is. Apply yourself, offer yourself in relationship to Him. And guess what? He's going to surprise you. And He's going to show up. That's what He did for me. That's what He did three and a half years ago. When I was searching, almost four years ago now, I was searching Him and I said, no, Lord, I know there's more than this. And it wasn't that I was in a bad place. I was in a hungry place. I read the book of Acts and, and, and I'm like, Lord, where is that? I want that. It wasn't that I want all the stuff happening there. It was the intimacy of relationship. You can't read Paul's epistles, really read them, and not recognize that there's an intimate relationship there with the Lord. He said, I don't know if it was in the body or out of the body, but talking about himself in third person, he said, I know this man that went to the third heaven and beheld things that that he couldn't even utter, that he couldn't even say. Do you think Paul was just special and, and because of that he's allowed to go up there? No. It was the relationship that he had built. It was the love that he had built. See, his ministry, his global ministry, did not even start until 14 years after the Damascus Road. What do you think he was doing that whole time? As he's preaching locally, he's building this relationship with Jesus Christ. See, God has a plan for your life. But you have to go through the process of him readying you. You have to go through the process of being strong and courageous to step out where you don't want to. To do what doesn't make sense. See, it makes no sense that we don't just go lease some industrial space at four bucks square foot and, and figure out a, a good business plan. I know we could do that. I know we'd grow. But see, that, that's kind of like taking the dust and throwing it on the path, saying, Lord, I know you're not showing me the path, but I want to see it anyways. I want to know my direction anyways. What a sad place. Because he can't do in us what he wants to when we don't step out in faith. When we don't simply trust and say, okay, Lord, I'll step. 
And then it's up to him. You know, Paul said this, this life is but a vapor. It's a fleeting moment. But in this life is critical your choices. It's critical what you do in building your relationship with Jesus Christ. Because that will last for eternity. Are you strong and courageous? You know what the Lord's asking you to do to be obedient. But are you strong and courageous enough to take that step and trust him? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We thank you and we praise you, God, for who you are. I thank you, Lord, for where you have us, even at this moment, as a church. God, and we do step in complete faith, knowing that you are the head and you have always been the head. And we trust that you have our, our feet. Just as you say in Ephesians 6, you know, shoes that are shod with the peace of God. Father, we step in your peace because we know you have your hands wrapped around our feet. Father, this morning I pray that you challenge hearts. I pray that you challenge hearts to a deeper walk with you. To a deeper relationship with you. Because there's so much there. And where relationship comes, hunger grows. I have never been more hungry for relationship with you than I am right now. As we seek you in relationship, that hunger deepens, that hunger grows, that closeness, the realization of who you are penetrates our hearts. Father, I, I just want this for all of your bride. Not just those here, but all of your bride. I want it for you. Lord, I want it for you. I want the very reason that you created us in the first place, this fellowship of relationship. I want you to be able to experience that with each one. Lord, do this. I remind you, as you said in Isaiah 43, I remind you that this is your plan. This is what you desired from the very beginning. So I pray that you perpetuate it in the hearts of each of us. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse is still up there. I um, couldn't. I couldn't get out of my head the words. Do you not perceive it? Do you not perceive it? Do you not perceive it? And that's the thing that hit me so hard as I'm listening to this message because I'm thinking, you know, we're all desiring of something so good and so awesome and so wonderful. And I just really believe God is knocking on the doors of 
our hearts today, each of us individually, and many of us are not quite perceiving it. And I know that God is wanting to, um, last night in the prayer call when I was praying, I just, he's been just bringing to my mind over and over again Ephesians 3.20. He really is a God that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think, but it seems like every time he begins to do that, we, because of the control thing that Greg's talking about, we shut it down because it's, it's frightening. You know, the presence of God is so amazing and so powerful, and oftentimes what we ask for, he knows we have to be ready for. Do you know that the good things that he has for us as a church and for you individually, we have to be ready for that. And it's weird, but you even have to be ready for his blessing. And um, we know, and, and I've told you that story before, uh, my, my nephew had, um, who went to, to Bethel, um, Justin was sharing a, a story that was told about a, a project there in California when he was there. And they had built this new, this new apartment complex for um, the homeless. And they, they said, you know, we're just going to build this amazing complex and put everybody and just give them housing. And he gave, they gave them all housing, and they were all excited. They just felt like it was going to just clean up the streets and, and just put people in a good place to turn their life around. And within two years, after they did all this, they built the housing, they got everybody in, the, in these apartments, two years later, the entire housing area just became a dump. It just it got completely trashed. And the, the people in the community and the, even the community leaders, they couldn't understand what, why. Why did it, why did it, did it happen that way? And it's, it's, it's funny, but it's just like what happened to the children of Israel. The children of Israel got out of Egypt, but they couldn't get Egypt out of them. And that's what happened with this home. They weren't ready for the blessing. These people, they were, they, their lives were fixed on the outside. Here, we're going to take you from the street. We're going to put you in this apartment. Now you're fixed. And that's not how it works. You have to be fundamentally transformed from the inside. Otherwise, your behavior and your decisions and everything you do is going to create the same exact environment that you had in your past when you were in bondage and in lack and in need. And so when, with what God wants to do in this new year in 2018, we need to perceive what he is doing and allow him to bring us new beginnings. Allow him. Because if you struggle with this control thing, and we all do to some degree, we will literally hinder the blessing. We all want the blessing, but it's like we'll say, okay, yeah, but uh, if, if i got to do that, if i got to be prepared, and, and you got to prepare me in this way for that blessing, then I don't know if I want it. You know, it's kind of like um, getting ready for an inheritance. You know, you're going to need to know how to spend the money. You can't, you can, you're going to squander it if you don't learn. So we're going to take you, give you some finance lessons. We're going to give you coaching. We're going to take, oh, well, i got to study. I mean, i got to figure this out. i got to understand money. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to do all that. I just want the money. It will ruin you. It will ruin you. It will ruin your relationships. And so God knows that he doesn't just want to bless us. He wants to continue to have us be blessed in all spiritual blessings. And not have that squandered away. And for that, there is a cost of learning. And I'm so thankful for what God's done in bringing this, this particular ministry in the beginnings. Because i got to tell you, the years in ministry that we had before God called us into ignition, we really thought we knew even a little bit of what we were doing. <laughs> we didn't. We just didn't. I mean, that was the first thing that was really humbling. It was humbling to take the decision when everybody thought we were crazy and against us. But then to realize that, 
It does not matter what you did yesterday. It doesn't matter what resume you have. It matters how much God is allowed to be in the driver's seat of your life. Amen. That's all that matters. And, and who knew? I thought I was building this great resume of all this ministry that I had done, only to find out that God cared and was in that, but he doesn't care about that. He just cares that I let him use me and move through me and he be in charge. Yeah. That's all he cares about. And so what a paradigm shift. You know, it's just take it to transform our minds and not be conformed to the ways of the world and ministry is, is a big deal. So think about that part of the verse um, today of today's message since that screen was up you know, most of the time. Do you perceive it? Because God is about to do something amazing and new. And what he's asked of ignition is to plow brand new ground. Yeah. And there is a cost of those that until they're ready to put the God in the driver's seat of their lives will resist it because it will not look like what they've ever seen before. You know, when you're about to do something new, a hundred years ago, you would have, you might have been maybe captured and evaluated as some sort of alien if you were walking around with an iPad and a, and a you know, a, a cell phone. I mean, they, it just, it's like, no, that, that doesn't exist. I, if you have some sort of computer that makes you talk to things that are up in the sky, okay, you're weird, we're going to, you know, can you imagine? I mean, the mindset just wasn't ready for that. And so when you're plowing new ground and God's asking you to do it, it's, there will be people that will resist it, that will say, no, God doesn't do that. He doesn't work that way. Oh, he doesn't do that. I mean, think about the miracles that Jesus did. That had never been done before in front of their eyes. They saw a leper healed. and there's, okay, uh, I, uh, They're seeing a miracle and they're walking away from it because they weren't ready for the blessing. They weren't ready to say, okay, God, you are God and I am not. And whatever you do, Right. Is what I want. There's a weird thing about being ready for the blessing. We just kind of automatically, well, who wouldn't want to be ready for a blessing? But yet, it's, it's interesting how we'll actually reject the good that God has for us out of that fear and control if we're not careful. So thank you. That's such a great, great reminder. Um, and I would, I would challenge you to memorize this verse and apply this and ask God. Say, God, help me to perceive it. Help me to perceive it. Because if it's about to spring forth, I got to know that it's you, because if it's you, then I'm ready. If it's you, I want it. Help me to discern what is of you and what is not. Because if there's something about to spring forth, I want it. Don't you want it? You don't want to go backwards. You don't want to be lukewarm. You don't want to be spewed out of the mouth of God, because you just want to stay complacent. You want what God has. He only has good. He's a good, good father. God is good and doeth only good, the psalm says. And it's very, very uh, important to, to know the character of God, to know that when he's about to do something new, and it's frightening because the presence of God is so awesome that to experience just having his hand on me. The last 40-day fast that we did, I'll never forget, I was standing right there where Kevin is. And during that worship night at the, at the culmination of the 40-day fast, which we're going to be talking about another fast here in a second, but I remember the presence of God came on me so heavy that I, I, I began to just tremble and I went to the floor and I thought, I'm not even sure I, I can breathe right now. It, it, was, it was a force of almost like a, I, I was loving it, but I was almost like, let up, let up, let I can't even, cont- I couldn't even handle it. And I, and I felt like it was just barely a touch of his power and it was that heavy and that powerful on me. Amen. And the Lord later told me that that was my baptism in his spirit. But I, I didn't know what it was. I just thought, wow, to have that kind of the presence of God on me, that heavy, yeah. and that's probably only just a minute speck of his power, was 
awesome. I was awestruck from it. And, and it really fundamentally changed just how I viewed him as I began to just, you know, go again into the secret place because I just thought, wow, God, you are God and I am not. And I don't want to ever limit you. I don't want to ever limit you and put you into a box that makes me feel good about something that I want to be. Because it's just not about us. Yeah. It's about yeah. him and then letting him be. He's the potter. We are the clay. That's Let right. him mold you in 2018. Because he only wants to make you into something beautiful That's and right. useful for his purposes. So uh, I'm excited about that. Our, the name of our, our, of our ladies' retreat in March, uh, if that slide is available, well, it, is Passionate Pursuit. Can I mention that next? Um, hold on. Just wait here. Let me do something. I want to do the uh, thing while we're still online. The past? Uh, yeah. Okay, because I was actually going to do, do this it. online, too. Remember the last time? Oh, we, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> last time he cut me off, I said, you know, I actually wanted the ladies' retreat announcement online. So um, so let's hang on to it. Let's do that. Passionate pursuit. We finished the brochure. Yay, praise God. I'm so excited we finished the brochure because that was a big uh, challenge. But it's March 24th and 25th. The, the, all the brochures are going to be going out, and we're going to send them in every form. But it is at the Atlantic Sands this year in Rehoboth. And um, the passionate pursuit, the reason I'm thinking of it now is because, again, it is all about um, this letting God give you the passion. You know, and the letter that you'll see in the brochure that I, I believe the Lord gave me was, you know, he's the only one that can give you the passion, this real passion. You can motivate yourself, but the passion is, comes from a hunger for God. Amen. And this is a... Uh, you know, nationwide invitation. We have women that come from all different parts, and we've expanded in the last couple of years of people that have come from longer distances. But I'm excited to see what God's going to do um, through this because I know every time there's a theme, it is absolutely Holy Spirit given. Like, I, I'm, I'm complete like a blank slate. Like, Lord, what, whatever you want this to be about. Uh, as you know, last year was my huge test of faith with everything we went through last year. And, uh, and he just... Um, it, that was just an, an amazing time. But this year, passionate pursuit, I really believe God wants us just going after him with everything in us in this, in this mindset of believing him for who he really is and not trying to box him in. You know, every Christian knows the little cliche, don't put God in a box. But the interesting thing is we're in the box. We are the ones that hide in a box. God is so far out of the box, we couldn't put him in if we tried. But let's get out of our own box Amen. and let God move and work in us and pursue him and let him ignite a fire and a passion. And just watch what he'll do without any fear. It is extraordinary. And, and I'm, I'm almost, I'm excited to the point where I'm almost frightened. Not in a bad way, though. I'm only, because of the, I know that the awesomeness of God is so overwhelming. It, it just makes me, I'll tell you, I don't, if, you've, if you've not had an experience with God where you just are on your face weeping, Ask God to show you his power and his yes. presence that way because Amen. it doesn't tell. I used to hear about testimonies. I used to hear speakers say that. And I just kind of went, really? Yeah. I, I mean, I've never, I mean, I prayed really hard. I don't know. I mean, you know. And man, the first time I felt it, I thought, I know what they're talking about now. I know what they're talking about when all you want to do is just be on your face before God because he is so awesome and he's so powerful and he's so big. And it's like when you experience like that, there's nothing like it. Um, it Apostle Paul talks about it, but there's also a worship song that says to know him is to only want to know him more because there's just so much more that, that we desire of him once we even just get a taste of who he is. It's just awesome. So I want you to join us. You can online 
do it right now. It's set up to register so easy online. Thank you for those of you that have already done that. Um, but you can register today and it gives you a place to even donate. It also gives you a place to buy a gift ticket. So if you want to purchase a ticket for somebody to come to the ladies retreat, this wouldn't pay for their hotel. You can donate enough to cover the hotel if you want to. You'll see that online on the, um, on the website, but but you can, you can um, donate a gift ticket for somebody who you might want to pay for their registration, which is $45 to register. And that includes your um, meals and snacks. And, um, I mean, it's amazing. The, the, the welcome packet, all the information, as well as the five sessions. And even our, um, our morning faithfully fit session, which my sister's here this morning, and she's leading that uh, at the retreat. She just does such a great job. Everybody loves that. So, um, so register today on that, and then you're going to talk about the fast. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are two quick announcements on two that that um, you can sign up for creation online. We went through that. Uh, just go to our website and uh, and all that. And then also this month, January, we're not doing a prayer walk because the U of D is all the students are not there, um, and it's normally we would go to Glasgow in the summertime when they're not there, but no, nobody will be at Glasgow either. So uh, we're not going to do it in January, so we'll be back on the regular schedule in February, uh, the second Sunday of every month. And if you have any questions, ask Casey. But I, I wanted to uh, tell you, and this is why we're staying live on Facebook, um, this is something that we want to do church-wide, and, and it's 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, Wendy had contacted me yesterday, and it, and it was interesting because this, this was something that had been on my heart Although I, I didn't know how to apply it, the Lord had told me, you know, there's going to be you're going to be fasting, and, but oftentimes He just kind of plants that seed, and then and then someone will call me like Wendy did and said this has been on her heart, and and um, going into this new year, we step in faith, but remember He says press into Him, okay. We, we know we have to be out of here. We don't know where he is going to open up, us up to be. And we know that we're not supposed to manipulate that. Like we're not supposed to go out and, and, and uh, pick, pick a place ourselves and just do it. Um, so one thing we can do and one thing we can do to press in is this 21 days of fasting. So beginning the second, which is Tuesday until, what is it, 23rd, 21 days, I want to do the same thing we did with the 40-day fast, okay? There are some that cannot fast food. <laughs> get it? Fast food, yeah, sorry. There, there are some that cannot not eat food, okay? But you can choose something in that 21 days that is a sacrifice to give up. I, I know during the 40-day fast, there were people that gave up social media, that might be harder than food for you. I don't know. But the point is, for these 21 days, what we are asking is that everybody in Ignition gives something up for those 21 days. And, and by the way, it needs to be something that's a sacrifice. You know, I'm, I'm going to give up any shoveling of snow. You know, or any work, I'm going to give up work. We did ask that there be some food some particular food to give up. Not giving up eating in some cases. I know people can't give up eating, but they can give up certain foods. Yes. So it is important, it is important to do a food-related something, part of that. 
it, and, it, and, it's, and it's really important that it be a sacrifice. It, it, it has to be something that is a sacrifice. But, but I want you to understand that the reason and the purpose we're doing this is to press in to Jesus Christ. Press in in relationship to him to then do what he has said he is going to do. I want to encourage you to remember Isaiah 43. And I, I want to say it was verse 9, I believe. That to remind him, remind him of what he says. As you go through this fast, remind him that he has said there is a place for us and that he would reveal it. And so in this fast, that's what we're going to do is, is just press into him to reveal. And, and that's why I wanted it to stay online because we want you doing this with us online as well. This is not just about Ignition Church. This is about the bride. And pressing into to what God wants to do with His bride, all right. And uh, yeah, you can you can go ahead and turn that off now. <laughs>